What is going on, everybody? It's Brent Sahadi. You're listening to MMA Gone Wild. Listen, if you guys are tuning in to UFC 246 this weekend, the prelims are absolutely stacked. I need you guys to subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. You can find the link as my pinned tweet on my profile. Today, I'm doing a fun, fun podcast with my boy Jared. I met him at UFC Covington versus Usman. I had the honor of sitting next to him. Super educated guy from Australia. So I'm going to ask him some questions about what's going on there. He finally made it back home. And today we're going to break down UFC 246, McGregor versus Cerrone. If you guys plan on betting, if you guys want to test your MMA knowledge, go to mybookie.ag and use my promo code GONEWILD. You'll get 50% back in free play as a bonus. Test your MMA knowledge. You'll get paid on parlays, straight bets. You can bet on props. If you think someone's getting finished in the first round or by knockout, by submission, you'll make extra money on that. So mybookie.ag, use promo code GONEWILD for your bonus. I'm going to call up Jared right now, and we're going to get started. Hello. Jared, what's going on, bro? Hey, mate. How are you? Doing very good. Thank you. Sorry for the lag, man. I appreciate your patience. Oh, good. No worries. What's going on, dude? You made it back to Australia. What's happening? I did, man. Long flight. Luckily, I slept like a log on flight, so I... um. Know, went to sleep and woke up back in a home country. It was, it was quite the trip. I loved it. Well, everything's kind of going crazy at home, right? Yeah, it is, man. It's um, I think it's all sort of starting to cool down now. But I mean, the loss of lives of animals and people and homes is is going to be something that's you know takes years to um, overcome. And I think the country's really getting behind everyone, so it's it's good to see. You know, it warms the heart. Well, what was it like being in the States while everything has been going on? I don't know. I guess it's hard to understand the magnitude of it whilst you're over there. There was, you know, it started before I left, but it wasn't, it didn't really get crazy until until I did hit soil over there. So um, I guess it wasn't until I got back that I realized how severe it all was. And obviously the media over in America doesn't uh, cover it as, as extensively. So it was hard to to grasp and get your head around it but when you get back you really see the effects you know the, the sky is just gray it's just it's just full of smoke so what's but the yeah, like, status of it right now uh as far as i'm aware it is definitely on a decline um it's starting to look good i think now is the recovery part so everyone's just kind of uh, getting together they've sent out troops i saw a lot of a video the other day of, of some of your guys the american firefighters coming over to land a hand, so it's, it's great to see, and you guys always do a great job with us, so always appreciative. Well, man, I mean, if you have any links to where people can donate, definitely post uh, them yeah. on Twitter and tag me, and I'll retweet them, and I'll try to get some links out there, because that's something I haven't done yet, is find any good links to where the funds would go directly to you guys. So if you have yeah. any access to those, definitely uh, post them, and we'll try to get the word out. Okay, absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, I know the Red Cross Appeal are sort of the forefront of that. Um, Red, redcrossappeal.com.au, they always have, um, I mean, they, they support any natural disaster or any disaster over here. So they're always a good place to start. But I'll, I'll post some links. Thanks for that. Cool, man. That'd be awesome. Man, I hope that you're in a good headspace today on a more positive note. You know, there's the big fight card happening next week, and you're such a brilliant mind. I was 
kind of explaining in the intro that I met you, you were sitting next to me at Covington vs. Usman, and you had all this MMA knowledge, which a lot of fight fans, like, it's hard to call them casuals or whatnot, but usually you're not expecting to sit next to someone who's so balls deep in the sport and is constantly educating you on the sport. So it was an honor to sit next to you and you were so full of facts and your energy was high and you made it fun. So I appreciate that, man. I'm excited to break down this fight with you. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, likewise, obviously, I've, I've only been to the event. I think I mentioned to you, I've only been to an event in Shanghai. So I didn't really get to sit next to anyone who I could, um, you know, shoot the shit with, I guess. So it was, it was awesome. Oh, I'm happy to hear that, bro. Yeah, your story about how you got... The Shanghai tickets is sweet. You want to talk about it for yeah. a sec? Yeah, so I just entered a, a competition on Facebook. Um, Facebook's a lot bigger over here in, in Australia than Twitter is, so it's kind of the main go-to. Um, entered a competition, and, and only a handful of people did, so pretty much whoever entered got the tickets, and it was flights, accommodation, and tickets to the flights, and transport to and from, and it, it was really cool. That's so cool, man. Like I've had similar experiences with like winning tickets and raffles, but to get flown out, get the hotel, the sweet treatment, you know, it's awesome. You got sugar yeah. daddied out there by the UFC. That's sick. yeah, absolutely. They gave us a couple of days to to explore a little bit as well, so it was really cool. Regarding UFC two forty six, I mean, there's a lot. Look on paper, this card is not super stacked, so to speak. But when you start digging into the matchups, the matchmakers actually kind of knew what they were doing here. You know, there's not a ton of big Absolutely. names, but stylistically wise, this is going to be an entertaining card. Absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. I was, I was having a good look through yesterday and there's a lot of fights that can go either way. And I think there's a lot of the classic case of the up and comer versus the, you know, the settled and um, proven vet. I think, I think you see that a lot and... I mean, I can't pick half of these. There's some great. There's going to be great fights. The names themselves might not, you know, um, blow anyone out of the water or or even attract the casuals. But there's going to be some great fights, that's for sure. Where should we start? Uh, up to you, man. I mean, I'll go through all of them if you want. But well, the first fight that really kind of draws my attention is <laughs> Nazrat Hakparast. He's fighting Drew Dober, who's no punk, but. We haven't really seen Nazrat face much adversity, I feel. Yep, absolutely. This is this is a really good test for him. Drew Dober's kind of like a, a lightweight version of Marvin Vittori almost. He's got that boxing-heavy uh, southpaw. He's got that wide frame, but I think Nazrat is a very good chance for him to prove himself under the big lights and in front of a lot of people to get his name out there. I think it's a really good opportunity. I do see him winning that. Just I think his stand-ups a little more crisp. Yeah, and you know Drew Dober has like what over double the fights. I think Drew Dober his record is twenty-one and nine, and yeah. Hack Parast he's eleven and two. But his record is not to be underlooked because the performances that he is putting on, and he's such a young dude too. I mean yeah. Drew's pretty young too, but I think it's going to be a really competitive fight. I think that fight is has potential to be fight of the night. I really do because yeah. I think both these guys. I don't think Drew wants to take another loss. And I think Hackprest has been training diligently to break that top 10. And to him, Drew is just kind of another name he has to get through. Mm. Do you, are you aware of where Nazareth fights out of? What camp? 
I know that he's signed with Ali Abdelaziz. Right. Okay. So I want to assume so AKA. Oh, right. right, sorry. No, you're right. Am I? Okay. Yeah, yeah sorry. AKA. But his style, you know, he he's really heavy-handed, but he doesn't mind taking it to the ground. He has vicious ground and pound. Mm -hmm. It's kind of just who shows up. Yeah, I think so. I think Drew's proving himself. I don't think um, we'll see him in the top five anytime soon. And um, but I think he is a very good test, sort of to prove himself. And on this occasion, in front of you know however many people are going to tune into this, it's going to be a good chance to get his name out, especially if it is a good competitive fight that we usually see from Drew um, over himself anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't go down easy, Drew. He no, doesn't, he doesn't sure. give a fight. He doesn't take dives. So it's going to be a true test. I'm excited. Who would you want to yeah. see Hack Press fight next, potentially, if he gets through Dober? Um, so this will be this is his third fight in the UFC, right? I believe so. Or second, sorry, second. I think that top 15 in lightweight is ridiculous, so... Um, I think it will take a little bit of working out to get through to the top 15, but I'd have to have a look at the list. I mean, you look at people like, um, who else is in that? Excuse me for a second. I just want to bring up that top 15 because it's, um, it's ridiculous in lightweight. And I think yes. if you're going to jump into it after too, one or two fights. Is ridiculous too. Yeah. So I think if you're going to throw anyone into there too quickly, um, it could definitely ruin some people's careers. So, I think another another one or two fights to work his way. Maybe his next fight, somebody in the top fifteen um, or just outside, and then, and then you could see him work his way up. But I, I mean, there's so many people to pick from in that lightweight division. It's um, it's a it's a fun time. Well, it seems just from social media that Ali Abdelaziz likes to kind of throw his fighters to the wolves. He he likes to claim that they're ready for the big tests, the big shows yeah. early on. I mean, with Usman, obviously Khabib has his resume, but he, he's been preaching that his, his guys, Corey Anderson even, you know, he's got Corey Anderson preaching for the John Jones fight. People didn't think Anderson was ready. They thought mm-hmm. he was going to get starched by Johnny Walker. And look what happened. He's been around for a while there. Yeah, he's been he around for a time. while, but as far as Ali claiming that he knows where his fighters are at at that point. It, I'm not saying necessarily yeah. like UFC experience, but when all the fans are saying that Corey Anderson's not ready for this test and all these like, trust me, I'm, I'm there every day watching this guy train. He's ready to fight Jones. Yeah. Runs through Johnny been Walker. Quiet you know? achiever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I just brought up that <clears throat> top 15, the 15th ranked lightweight in the world is Islam Makhachev. Wow. I don't think, wow. I don't think he, that's what I mean. Like, and then you look ahead of him, Alexander Hernandez, who was on a tear before Cowboy, Gregor Gillespie, 12, Pettis is 11th, Barbo's at 10. So I just think that top 15 might be a bit of a step within the next fight. Maybe play around outside of there, you know, a nice knockout, a good finish would definitely throw him up in that top, you know, just start looking to better of someone in the top 15. Yeah, I like where your head's at, dude. I think that's that's brilliant. They shouldn't throw this guy to the wolves. He's young. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but if he does run through Dober, it's going to be hard not to have that conversation of him versus Gregor, potentially. Yeah, and that's a tough one for him, I think. I think so, I too, think but Gregor, it's, it's, yeah. he has the striking advantage there. So right. it's like, can Gregor take that guy down and beat him up? We'll see. We'll see how it goes at 246. Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll go from there. 
Andre Feely and Sodiq Yusuf. This is fun. It's fun. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of nervous for Yusuf in this fight because okay. Feely lately has been looking really, really good. And he's starting to finally finish guys. He's he's used to going to decisions with guys. Yeah. But he got a fi- he got a finish in his last win. Yusuf is hittable. Yeah. He's hittable. I mean, well, he's, he, a, he's a great boxer, great takedown defense, but he does get hit. He does get into a little bit of a slug, um, right. slug fest if, if you entice him to. But, I mean, you're right about um, Feely. He's last. I mean, if you look at his record, other than he's lost to <coughs> Calvin Cater, who I'm a massive fan of, by the way, I think he'll do great things. Artem Lobov, Dennis Bermudez, the Michael Johnson, I thought he won that. That was a split decision. Miles Jury, Shaman Marais, who's no uh, slouch. Uh, I mean, he really has t- torn through some actual names and, and he's looked great doing it. So that, uh, that's probably my, the fight I'm looking forward to the most on this card. Um, I think it's pretty similar to the uh, what everyone's saying about the Cowboy versus Connor fight is that you know, if it, if it finishes early and if it, if it finishes, it's useful and if it goes a distance or if it goes a little later, it probably favors Feely a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Yusuf has some decision wins too. He's pretty technical, but you're right. He does have that tendency to get into a slugfest. But sometimes it's in those slugfests that he finds the finish. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got massive power for, for how big he is as well. So, but very intriguing fight. And again, it's another really one of those one. fights. It's another one of those fights where it's the guy with the less experience who's the huge favorite coming up against the guy with about double the experience at least. You know, Philly's yeah. twenty and six, where Yusuf is ten and one, and he has a KO on his record from a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a great fight. How old's Philly? Because he's twenty nine, so he's he's really hitting his prime now as well. So experience versus you know, that young, energetic, big power. It's, it's, they're always great fights to watch. Right, but it, it also seems like Feely's catching that, like, second wind in his career to where people yeah. started counting Feely out in his fights. He started winning those fights. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah, really, absolutely. really wouldn't be surprised if we see an upset here. Yeah. It's definitely worth 10 or 20 bucks, that's for sure. I can see that going either way. But as you said, you know, if the fight is... It ends with a finish. It's probably going to be from Yusuf. Goes to decision. Yeah. Probably Feely. You're right. Yeah, I think I think early, especially. I think Yusuf comes out firing out the gate. I, although his last fight, he took a little bit of time. He sort of worked around a little bit. But um, if he comes out as he as we've seen him before, Feely's got a lot of. Um, I guess uh, I hope his footwork is on point. I'll say that. What time is the card going to be playing for you in Australia? Uh, the first fight will start around this time. So uh, actually around quarter past nine uh, in the morning a.m. So the cards over here start around nine and the main cards usually around midday, 1 p.m. And they'll go through at three, four o'clock. Cool. So you're going to get some like bacon and eggs in the morning, wash the early <laughs> yeah. prelims, order a pizza later on. Yeah, generally, uh, I like to have friends over for the big ones, and I'll I love to cook as well. So I'll um, I'll prep something the night before, and when I wake up in the morning, I'll throw something on the smoker, or I'll um, you know throw 
get that sorted and make some sliders and get all the guys around. They usually more in the casual side, so they'll come around for the, the main card. Uh, for the main card, yeah. But something nice and easy to cook away in the background. At least you got some company, man. Yeah. I have literally sure. no friends in general, so like finding someone to watch the fights with is tough. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> is that an LA thing or? I don't know. Maybe it's just I have a terrible personality. I'm more of the kind of person where it's like if we don't have common interests, it's hard for me to spend time with you. And I got yeah. I'm at an age where it's like I know what I like, I know what I don't like for the most part. I'm not close-minded, but I'm obsessed with yeah. UFC. It's my passion. So to find people around me who can share that passion is tough. And that's why it was like when we sat next to each other and we both kind of like tested each other's knowledge and you were talking about your past experience in rugby and you started teaching me some little wrestling techniques while we're just sitting next to each other and we're watching the fights. Like that was so refreshing. That was so awesome. Cause again, I'm usually just by myself with a lot of carbs, sweet drinks and maybe some alcohol. That's yeah. how I watch my fights, bro. Yeah. What are your other hobbies then? My life right now consists of me working at an Apple store, doing this podcast, running the Twitter and the social media account. And in my spare time, I like to I like to do jujitsu. I like to box, but my focuses are really slim right now. I, I found a yeah. few things I'm obsessed with, and I just put my energy into those. But it's hard to find time because this podcast isn't paying the bills necessarily. So I have to spend a lot of time working a retail job. But that's the grind, man. Yeah, that's it. I mean, these are the times that you look back on once you once you have made it. You know, you miss these days even. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I could definitely relate on the on that front though. You know, having uh, friends that are when I like MMA as much as I do, and you sit down, you kind of want to tell them what's happening, <clears throat> and a lot of them just kind of want to watch a fight. So it's a fine line between sitting there and biting your tongue and being like, ah, oh, you know, I can see what I can see what's what's going on here and I want to tell them so they understand it and then they love it as much as I do. That's that's how the battle is. Sometimes you want them to love it as much as you do, but you know, being forceful is the opposite way. It's definitely not the way to go about it. So but I, I'm very much like you if I find something I love and I go balls deep in it. Yeah, so we're the same on that. And like a reason why I started this podcast and started engaging with other fight fans on Twitter was because of that reason. I literally have no one to express these things with. It's all kind of in my head. And eventually it's like, what am I going to do? Keep calling up my mom and being like McGregor's fighting this weekend. She doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so oh, my, my poor girlfriend, man, she, <laughs> she coughs it. She knows everyone now. <laughs> oh, I love it. At least she's willing, you know? She's forced into it. Her favorite's Cowboys, so. Oh, nice. Could, um, so it'll be a it fun be a, weekend for you guys, well, hopefully. It could be a tough hopefully. night for her. could be a tough night. could be a great <laughs> night. Watching all the breakdowns and just watching everything involved. It, my mind sways a little bit, but I'm pretty set. I think I know. Right? I think I, I always think I know what's going to happen, but I, I think this one's there's really only one of two ways this can go. Yeah, I'm excited to break that card down, man. Like, Again, as I said, like a reason why I started this podcast and why I started uh, engaging with other fight fans on Twitter is because this is my favorite thing to do. It's my favorite thing to talk fights. And I got so excited to have met you because I know that 
you and I think very similarly and we have the same obsession when it comes to this sport. So getting to the main event is going to be super exciting to break down and I definitely want to hear what you have to say about it. There's a couple fights that I want to touch up on before we get to the main card. And again, this is like the third one in a row where we see the young, hungry up-and-comer versus the vet and uh, Roxanne Modafferi versus Macy Barber. You know, Macy Barber is 8-0 right now, hasn't seen loss yet. And Roxanne's about 23-16. and 16. Have you, I don't know if you've looked too much into this fight, but what do you think about it? If you have any thoughts yeah, about it. I, yeah, I do. I think... If you're gonna put money on, if you really want to get some money back, have you seen the line on this one? I have not. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't know what you you do the plus and minus, but Macy Barber for us is paying a dollar eight. So if you put a dollar on, you get a dollar eight, a dollar and eight cents back, uh, which is an a heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. That's something you'd see in a in a Canelo fight versus a scrub. Roxanne Modafferi is paying eight dollars. So for every one dollar you put on, you get eight dollars back. It's, Hold it's on. Massive... She's plus 800? <laughs> if that's how it works, yep. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. It's huge. it's huge. For somebody who, you know, how long ago was it that she was in the tough house and she tore through everyone? She was submitting everybody. Well, didn't uh, um, Motiferi beat Antonina Shevchenko or am I tripping? She did. Yeah, yeah she did. Um, it, it was a close fight. Um, but it was basically when they were on the feet, she was getting touched up and then she just got it on the ground and sort of worked, you know, wow. played around on the ground. That's so and, disrespectful. And That's huge. It is huge. I think I think if you're going to put, you know, if you're going to throw $20 on anything, this is worth plenty because I think Macy's been working with Ben Askren for a little while now. She's got that heavy, you know, her stand-up's decent. She's got that heavy ground and pound where she goes crazy. She's a bit like... Aspen Ladd in that way, you know, they're, mm. they're screaming and they're yelling as they're beating people up, but Roxanne's a vet. She's a, she's a legitimate veteran of women's MMA. You barely see, you, I don't know if there's another woman out there with, you know, close to 45, so it's, she's definitely a veteran and her, and her jiu-jitsu's no joke as well. Um, I think, you know, I think my mind would obviously tell me that Macy's going to win this. Being with someone like Ben... Um, and having that strong, um, she has she has a good MMA base. I think she grew up in the in the world of MMA. She's she's not a specialist who came from a specific background. So I think she's aware enough. Um, working with a good wrestler, obviously, that they have their techniques and they're generally on top uh, when they're on the ground. So the submissions don't come into play as much. But man, that's a the, for the for the odds on that. That's that's pretty crazy. What are your thoughts on that one? You know, betting-wise, I felt like I would stay away from it because I didn't like the matchup. I just thought, you know, a vet versus an up-and-comer, and I've seen Roxanne fight. She kind of seemed pretty underwhelming to me. Was getting hit a lot on the feet. I remember Shevchenko lighting her up on the feet. And Definitely, but, look, but you got to look at that last name as well. Yeah, exactly. Light up a lot of people on the feet. That's true. But I know what you mean. She, she definitely is underwhelming. Um, she she's very blocky, and she's very she's definitely been taught how to fight. It's not natural to her. I think it's the ground game that's that's going to play a big part. Sorry for interrupting. I just no no no. I no. I need your input here because I think on this fight you have the the more knowledge. So let's hear it. What's your pick? 
Uh, I think Mark Macy wins it. <clears throat> I just I just think for that line, betting-wise, I mean, I, ca- I can't not. I love a double negative, and I can't not throw 20 bucks on, on Roxanne for the sake of it. But I do see Macy winning that, um, that front. And what do you think it is that's going to give her the win? Do you think it's the youth and the tenacity that she's going to bring? Yeah, I think I think her aggressiveness. She she's just. I think Roxanne's. She's almost. She's almost slow motion to watch her stand up. It's almost. <laughs> it's. Uh, uh, with all due respect to her, right. I mean. I mean, it's definitely her jujitsu that's got her this far, but. Her, it's it's almost. Oh, I can see what combo she's going to throw before she throws it. And I think against someone that's aggressive who's just gonna hunt you down, that's a that's a that's a tough it's a tough battle to win. But I think Macy, yeah, her aggression, I can see a, I can see an early TKO, first or second round. All right, beautiful. Grand, I love the yeah, pick. Man. I said group, ground and pound. I love the pick. Thanks for the education on that one too, man. Once again, educating me. I love it. The next fight on the card I wanna talk about is obviously Pettis versus Diego Ferreira. This guy's been on a tear. His last loss was to Poirier by KO. Um something that so you again, you know when we see like the age come into play, right? Usually the younger guy is favored to win. Usually. This guy's 34. Pettis, I don't think is that age yet. Am I wrong? Pettis is 32. 32, right? So they're they're both getting there. Um, I think Pettis still has it in him. I think he still has some fight left in him. It's just hard for me to be like Pettis is going to finish him because I had Pettis. I know this is a stretch, but I had Pettis finishing Nate Diaz. That was my prediction when they fought. And it didn't seem like Pettis brought that killer instinct with them to that fight. And it's like hit or miss, I realize, with Pettis. He either brings it or he doesn't, and it's this one's really just a coin toss for me. It's it's who wants it, who's going to be more technical. I don't think this fight's going to be a slugfest, but the resume credentials obviously go to Pettis. Yeah, but he is the dog in this yeah. fight. He's an underdog. Uh, I'll never, I'll never write Pettis off. In this one, Diego Ferreira. I don't speak Spanish. Is nice. He's um his last fight was the one that that really caught my eye. Um, it was against Merbeck Tusutasimov. Now his his stand up is legit. Um, his record's great, but that was a great fight. And I picked um, Merbeck. I picked him every day of the week versus that guy. And he came out and really showed me. Now he's done well against wrestlers. He's done well against stand up fighters. He puts people away. He doesn't just win. Uh, I think it's a very dangerous fight for Pettis. But I'll never write Pettis off ever. Not, not after what I saw him do to Wonder Boy, especially. Right, but what he does Pettis gain from this? From, uh, I mean, I think he gets paid pretty well, so <laughs> maybe the pay. But what he's coming off a loss. Maybe it's just timing. Maybe, maybe it's. Maybe and he's it's he's coming just, back just down timing. by the way to lightweight. Right. So his last what was it? Yeah. Two fights were at welterweight, right? Yeah. It's just tough yeah, for me mentally to think like, where are you going? Like, okay, like you beat this guy, and then what? What's next for you at lightweight? Where? What's your goal here? And I don't know if Pettis has that. Like, I feel like Pettis is at his best when he's like, I want a title shot. When he's in that, when he's when he's ready to 
to really compete with those guys who are willing to do what it takes to hold gold. And I don't know if Pettis is in that mindset right now. But I also don't know if yeah. Diego is, if Carlos Diego is either. I'm not sure. I think he's a beast. I, I think he'll do some pretty good things. Um, being 34, he's got, a, he's got a couple of good years left. And the, a lot of guys usually um, don't last as long as they have your guys. I don't know, yeah. Maybe it's just the appeal of fighting you know, on such a big card and maybe the test of a young up-and-comer. I, I I couldn't put it. I think he's on. I think he makes some pretty decent coin for each fight. Um, Pettis, I think he's up around the sort of two fifty and upwards, just to show. So, do you have the betting maybe, odds on this fight? I have my odds the the, the other way. Actually, yeah. So Diego is a dollar thirty seven to Pettis is three eleven. So wow, big dog. Yeah, yeah. A, it seems like they're setting. Diego up for a bit of a a bit of a run now, but a very good test as well. If you can get through pedestal props as well, so right, yeah. Um, I see, I see Diego winning that one. That's your pick. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah I I'm, think you'll get it done. I'm gonna have to agree with you. Yeah, I'll take Diego too. Alexa Grasso, she's another one of those, to me, just hit or miss fighters too. She either shows up mm-hmm. or she doesn't show up. You cannot fight that way against Gedelia. No way. You cannot. And I'm afraid Gedelia is going to really bring the fight. I think from the opening bell, she's going to press forward. She's not going to let Grasso take her time and warm up and get comfortable in there. When I envision this fight playing out in my head, I can't help but feel like it's going to be super lopsided. And it's just going to be Gedelia bowling her. Yeah, I think Alexa Grasso, she's she's obviously got that really good boxing. Um, but I feel like there was a lot of hype behind her. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know whether it was. I don't know whether it was because of the the new UFC PI that they're building in Mexico, or they were trying to bring that you know build that crowd. Um, but I mean, you look at her record; <clears throat> it's really topsy turvy. She lost to Felice Herring. That's oh Herring. She's that's she's no slouch. She can fight. Um, she beat Randall Marcos. Now, that's a good win. Tatiana Suarez, who's my... I mean, she's not a dark horse anymore, but she's she's my favorite to have the title, surely. She can keep herself away from injury. It was the fight against Carolina where I went, okay, maybe... Uh, sorry, Carolina Kowalkovich. Mm-hmm. That's when I watched her and I went, okay. It was, a, it was a good performance and she does have great stand-up. Her boxing looked great. But then she went again just a few months later and got... And got thrown around by Carla Espaza. So, of similar thought to you here, I think I think Claudia gets it done. Yeah, and I think she gets it done in devastating fashion. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah. Gedelia's one of those girls that she's going to press forward from the opening bell, and I think it's going to completely throw Grasso off. And, yeah, Grasso has the boxing and stuff too, but it's I think it's going to be a mental game, really, more than it's going to be a physical test. And even on a physical test, I think Gedelia ragdolls her. Yeah, well, she's a strong woman. Look at her last couple of fights as well. I mean, the only fights that she's had trouble in, she lost, obviously, to Ioana Champion. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's she submitted Carolina quick. So she's only really lost to Jessica Andrade, who is a similar... They're the same fighter, really. They're very similar. Andrade is just a little more aggressive, I guess. The only time that 
people be there is with really good footwork, I feel. Either footwork or aggression. And I don't know if Alexa Grasso has that footwork. She's just a lot of, you know, boxers move well, but they don't they don't move quite like Ioana and they don't um, she can get a bit heavy on her feet as well when she's throwing. So I can see Claudia taking her to the ground even, yeah, just just having some fun with her down there. And do you have the betting odds on that fight too? It's pretty close, I think. A dollar eighty three for Claudia. And Alexa's a dollar ninety-eight, so it's a bit of a pick on quality as a slight favorite. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with the odds. Yeah, for sure. Uh, going on to the next fight, it's Alexi Olenek versus Maurice Green. I think Olenek's his ground game is going to cause massive problems for Green, and just ex- his experience in there. But again, it's one of those matchups too where it's the much older guy. I mean, <laughs> Olenek's record is fifty-seven and thirteen. Which is an ins- that's yeah, 70, yeah. 71 pro fights he has in there, and yeah. uh, you know Maurice is only eight and three. He has ridiculous power in his hands, but his ground game is, I mean, there is no ground game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. Um, Olenek here, I'm just taking him down. So I see a first round submission. I don't. I think I so see too. Maurice, unless he lands on the way in, um, a bit like what what Harris did. I don't think we've seen Alexi since that World Harris fight, have we? Let me have a quick look here. I think that was his last Yeah, not, since, not since July last year, and that was a 12-second knockout. Right, and um, I think he learned his lesson. Yeah, I, I see him just walking straight in, taking down submit. I see, I see a first-round submission in that one. I think Maurice, pardon the pun, is just a little too green for this. Right. Um, for someone a bet like that. Do you have the betting odds? I think this one might be worth 10 bucks as well. Yeah, green's a favorite. At a dollar sixty nine to Olenek two dollars seventeen. Oh wow, no way! Yeah, I definitely like the Olenek pick. And if anyone's betting props on this fight, by submission is probably the way you want to go too. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> How many submission wins does that guy have? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you think of Holly Holm? Do you think Pennington's uh, going to give her problems or? I don't, no, I don't see that happening. I think Holly wins this one. Stand-up's too crisp, taking her defenses. You know, she's fought against some great great wrestlers and doesn't have too much of an issue. And takedown defense seems fine, and, and she's just too good of a striker for this one, I think. Yeah, and honestly, her takedown defense is very underrated too, Holly's. Mm. I mean, look what she did to Megan Anderson at 145. She she took her down at will and and I mean that fight was threw me right off being an Aussie. I wanted my girl making <laughs> uh, some success. Yeah, I was just watching it, one, cringing it. Huh? Oh no. Um, so her her wrestling is fine for you know how, how good she is as a striker. You don't have to have the best wrestling. You just have to have the takedown defense, which I think uh, the Kiwis over <clears throat> that city kickboxing have proven for a little while now as well. So yeah, I see Holly taking that one. I think she takes it by knockout also. Okay. Um, I know this is a three-rounder, right? Yeah. So, you know, it could be a decision win for Holly, but I think she wants to prove the doubters wrong. And I think that she's really going to start pressing the gas here in her career. I think people are writing off Holly way too soon because of some of her last performances. But what I see for Holly is she's going to go right back on a tear. 
at whether if it's women's bantamweight. I don't know if she's going to fight featherweight again, but I think she's her mental game right now is different. I think she sees the fight game differently. I think she's faced adversity. I think she's faced loss, and I think she's going to she's just ready to go out there and kill someone. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Holly. I, I mean, what she doing, what she's done in kickboxing. Um, to bring it over here. I always love seeing a good kickboxer. I grew up on boxing and kickboxing, so I always love seeing that translate and, and do well. Um, rest in peace, though, Dan Saki. But yeah, I, I do like seeing him. I do like seeing him come across and do well, and, and she's a prime example of that. Obviously, she's been fighting MMA for, for a long time, but uh, it's always good to see, and I'll support her. Do you have the odds on that fight, too? I'm going to ask you for the next one, too. I don't have the odds in front of me. That's fine. Uh, Holly's a slight favorite, 171 to 214. Okay, so it's pretty much a pick em, though. Minus yeah. a few think, cents, you know? Yeah, yeah it would be, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, my pick is also home. Okay, now this fight, we really got to dig into this one because this is the main event, Conor McGregor versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. As far as the politics go on this fight, it's hard to say whether it positively affects the politics in the sport or it doesn't because some would argue it does, some would argue it doesn't. I'm kind of on the fence to where I can understand people want like this welcome back fight for Connor and they think Cerrone's the right test. It just seems that ever since Connor beat Eddie Alvarez, his whole career has just been this like what if factor in the air and just taking these fights at welterweight and doing the boxing fight like it just seems so unfocused for me it's hard for me to to really understand what's going on he's either at welterweight and then he comes back down he fights for the title i mean i'm i don't know it's as as focused as mcgregor is and and puts out that maybe it's not a front that he's focused but I feel like Cerrone has one focus in his life, and it's fighting. That's all he know, all he knows, and all he does. And he doesn't play these games where he tries other sports and switches weight classes often. I mean, it's always between lightweight and welterweight for him, and you know he can perform. And this one's back at welterweight for Cerrone. He he's coming off that loss to Gaethje. I don't know if that affects his chin at all, but it's like to where the rankings don't even make sense anymore. Not that rankings always made sense, but it's like before we even break down the matchup, like do you agree with how this fight does it affect the politics for the sport in a positive way? Yeah, I, I mean, I think ever since the emergence of of Connor rankings and uh, and everything championship belts and interim, it, it all seems to be a whirlwind. Um, I think, I mean, he gets what he wants, and I think it's almost deservedly what he's done for the sport is is, in, is immense, you know. But I think, I think it, it seems like it's all jumbled and it's all crazy. But if you break down each specific scenario, I feel like there's reasons behind every one of his moves. Like the Nate, the Nate, the first Nate fight was the first time that he went up to. I think forty five was getting a bit much for him. He did what he had to do there. And then he was going up to 55 to fight Rafael, right? Rafael yeah. pulls out. It's a short turnaround. Nate's on the beach in Cabo, as he said. So that almost had to be at 170 just to, just so Nate could fight. 
and then he loses that. And I, I can relate with Connor in the sense that you want to get that back. He wants to fight the same place, same time, same weight. You know what I mean? He wa- he wants to do it all exactly the same to prove almost to himself that he can do it. And then he wins that fight, and then he goes back to what he was going to do. It's like, all right, now I'm going back to 55. Now I'm going to go get that title. Then I think the Floyd thing's just opportunistic and good for him. You're only getting all that money. But then he comes back and uh, talking about this fight at 170, and uh, there's a little snippet from him and Ariel. Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. Just saying, because the other guys are fighting at 55, that the could be the Tony fight in April. He's like, why, why cut weight? Why make Cowboy cut weight? Let's just go get some money and have some fun. I think it's just getting he's throwing his name back in the ring, in a sense. I think he's just to be present, to be seen, to fight. I don't think the weight itself, I think it purely is just the case of I just want to get back in there and I couldn't be bothered cutting weight, so why would I? But does him beating Cerrone at 170 merit these fights that he's asking for after? Well, he seems to be talking about 170 quite a bit. There's a a few fights for him there. I think I said this to you when we were sitting next to each other uh, at the Usman Covington fight. I think I said if, if Covington wins this, could you imagine the fight between Connor and, and Covington? And he'd just have to tap Dana on the shoulder and say, hey, I want to fight him. And he'd, you know, he'd almost get the fight straight away. Um, the press and the amount, of, you know, the amount of attention that that would draw. Um, and now he's even mentioned it. He said, you know, Masvidal, Usman, Covington. There's a lot for him at 170 as well. So I, I know what you're saying about the, the Cowboy being at 170. I think it's... They can both make 155. Everyone knows they can both make 155. I think it purely is just the case of let's not kill ourselves, let's just fight. And then when you know you bring rankings and politics into it, then of course it's crazy, but it's always crazy with Connor. I mean, Connor only has one win at 155. Granted, it was for the title in the UFC, yeah. In the UFC, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I guess, that's where I'm having trouble is. You win one time at 155. Yes, you won the title. But then the rest of your fights have been at 170, and now you're fighting a lightweight at 170, and you're calling out guys that are champ and in the top five in both divisions. I don't know what the UFC's going to give him if he does get through Cowboy, because I also don't know what they would give Cowboy if Cowboy got through McGregor. They wouldn't give Cowboy a title shot at 170 or 155, I think, regardless no, of, right. of him getting through McGregor. Yeah. I mean, Connor, uh, Cowboy's coming off two losses, though, right? Right. So, I guess Connor, if you count Floyd, is as well, but it, it is tough to... Um, they definitely wouldn't give it to Cerrone, but I think a lot of fights go this way as well. It's like... You know, get through one more and you get a title shot, get through one. They did it to Till. Um, who did Till face before he got the title shot against Woodley? Like, he beat Cowboy, beat Wonderboy just. I thought Wonderboy won that fight, and then he was straight Me in too. there. Yeah, you're right. So I think it's... Um, I, I just think... I, I honestly think Connor had, uh, just has his own rules. He just does whatever he wants. I think it's, it's almost totally separate to the remainder. It's... It's almost like when Connor goes away, it's like, okay, let's, now let's get back to 
<laughs> to MMA and what the yeah. UFC is. And then when he comes in, there's a crazy thing. And then, okay, let's get back to it. Um, and I feel like we just got back to it. And now he's back again. So, But I, I can definitely sympathize with the fighters. You know, it, it would be very frustrating. But him jumping in the mountain fighting everybody also opens up a chance for you to fight him if you do the right thing. So I don't know, there's a bit of give and take with everything, I guess. So let me ask you... Two completely different questions, if you think about it. You know, if you're Dana White, what is next for McGregor if he gets through Cowboy? And also, what do you think is actually going to be next if he gets through Cowboy? What's actually next, I think, has a lot to do with what happens around him as well, uh, with the Khabib and Tony fight. Um, What happens in the welterweight division even as well. You know, they don't fight for another three months. Masvidal's not booked in. If, if Leon Edwards versus Usman in the next five to six months, what's the, who's and Connor wins this? Who's to say he doesn't jump in and, and get a shot at one seventy against one of those guys? I could see him beat Leon. I don't know about Usman, but what I what I think if I was Sean Shelby, what I'd book next is Masvidal. I'd, I'd book that for sure. Uh, the money that that would bring in is crazy. What I think should happen. Uh, Jeez, let's see what Gaethje does. Let's let's see what Poirier does. I don't know about a title fight at 55 after this. It's Connor. It's too hard. It's Connor. <laughs> they'll throw him, they'll throw him in anyway. It's it's really hard to sit down and and try and break down what you think's going to happen because I didn't think he was fighting Floyd Mayweather after he won a title either. So I think it's tough. Um, if we're going off history. He'll step in for whoever pulls out of the Khabib and Tony. Mm. Um, so I, I, don't, I really don't know. I, I think he. I'd love to see him fight Masvidal. I think that's a sick fight. And you would want that at um, one seventy, right? Obviously. It, yeah, I don't think Masvidal wants to go back down. They keep talking about how big he is, but he made one fifty five forever. He's not. He's right, he's big. not a natural welterweight exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. What about you? What do you, what do you see? As hard as it is. Now, the problem that I have is Connor talking about how his win over Cerrone at 170, hypothetically, would get him a rematch with Khabib for the... I don't think, I don't think Connor wants that rematch for the belt. I really don't. I think, I think I obviously Khabib. his mouth... What's up? Against Khabib? Yeah, I don't think he wants that rematch. I think he's he's talking about it, but I don't think he would ever sign the contract to fight him. I think Connor knows. This is just my opinion. I can maybe yeah. sound like an idiot here, but I think Connor knows very well what would happen if they rematched. I think Connor hit Khabib with some of his best shots, and he saw how Khabib took them, and Khabib still had his way, and I think it would. Maybe the ego inside Connor says that he would win that fight, but when it actually comes down to signing the contract, I think Connor would look for the next biggest fight. And I think he would take a Gaethje fight before he took a Khabib fight again. I think he would even take a Masvidal fight before he took a Khabib fight again. Because stylistically, even though a Masvidal fight who, and you know, post resurrection Masvidal is looking like a serial killer out there. I still think mm-hmm. McGregor would want that smoke more than he would want to fight Khabib because I think there's even guys at welterweight who wouldn't fight Khabib because of his style. 
So it really, I guess you're right. It does depend on the Ferguson Khabib outcome, but at the same time, I also don't think it does at all. I think win or loss for Khabib, I don't think Connor wants that fight again. I think if Ferguson beats Khabib, then you're going to hear Connor calling out Ferguson for the belt. If the Masvidal fight doesn't come to fruition and Masvidal ends up fighting Usman, then I can see McGregor saying that he'll retire Gaethje. You know, something along those lines. But I, the the fight I do not see happening under any circumstance, and like I would almost guarantee it never happens again, is Khabib versus McGregor too. I just don't see it. Wow. I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think McGregor would ever sign up for that kind of punishment again. Wow, I think. Uh, I, did you hear him talk? He had that interview with somebody where he broke down the fight and he said he was winning the fight. Did you see that? Yeah, which he was not. <laughs> Absolutely delusional. In in MMA, he's saying he outstruck him three to one in the first, but there was four strikes in the first. Like that's not difficult. But um, I, I I'm the opposite. I think he I think he really does want that Khabib fight again. I think it's a similar outcome, but I think he really does. But if I were him, I'd be taking a couple of fights. I mean, I'd be praying Ferguson wins because that's a great that's a great fight and that's a good sell as well. The crazy stuff that comes out of Ferguson's mouth would be fun. Um, but that's money before he gets put away by Khabib again. But not, not that he needs the money. But um, he's, he, I'm sure he's making a good wick at this this fight as well. Um, but I do, I do, I do. I, Stand on the other side of the street for that one. I do see him fighting Khabib again. But you think Might be that tough this year. you think that he would let Khabib build a legacy? And okay, think about it. Like if McGregor loses mm. to Khabib a second time in the same fashion, when it comes down to talking about the goat, he did it with Nate. you know, like McGregor's name physically. And technically, could not be in that conversation if he loses to Khabib twice. He As... took that same risk against Nate, though. Right, but Nate stylistically was a way easier matchup for McGregor than Khabib was, yeah. and we saw how the fight played out. Like even the first fight was really, really competitive until it wasn't. You know, there was no but, point yeah. in the Khabib fight to where we were like, "Wow, this is really, really close." And then Khabib, like, out of nowhere, dominated. Like, it was very one-sided besides McGregor's here and there moments. And he had some good moments, but it was a dominant win from Khabib. And I think if McGregor really wanted that fight again, he wouldn't talk so much about it. He wouldn't try to convince people that he won the first time. Yeah, I can see your point. I think I think he's... I think every fighter thinks they can beat everyone in the world. So I don't think it's a matter of... Like, if he beats me again, I, don't, I, I just don't think that could ever even cross his mind because he would never think that he would lose that fight again. That's that's a fighter's mindset. Um, and he talked about how poor his camp was leading up to that. And even his camp have come out and said a little bit about it as well. I think, yeah, I feel like it would. But that, it would, if it, I think if it happens, it's at the end of this year. But a lot has to play out before that. So there's... Khabib's got this fight. Um, I doubt he'll fight again before Ramadan. I see he's got that for a while. He doesn't fight during that, so it'll be later in the year. And I think there's a lot that plays out in a year, so it's it's kind of hard to predict anyway. So then, let's talk about the fight now. 
hold on. Before we really break down this fight, I just want to talk about Cowboy for a second. And as far as if he wins this fight, does he retire? Does he give McGregor the rematch for the payday? Does he go for a title shot? I mean, where do you see Cowboy going from this, win and loss? I think the rematch makes sense. This will this will be the most amount of money he's ever taken home from a fight. And uh, if he wins, he's going to think he's going to win again. So there'd be no reason why he wouldn't push for a rematch and get that same or bigger paycheck. I think Con- I think he loves this stuff. You watch everything, every video he's ever in. He talks about how much he loves this stuff and how long it wasn't. It wasn't that long ago. His fight against Tony was fun until he blew his nose. He just before that beat Iaquinta, which was a great fight. Beat Mike Perry before that. Yeah, Hernandez had a good fight against uh, Leon Edwards, but he's a beast. Before that, he had a barn burner against Yancey Madeira. So I think he's still he's still there and abouts. Um, a run for the title might be a little out of the question for Donald now, but I think he loves this stuff. and He almost looks paycheck to paycheck by the sounds of it. He's, he's off spending, going and doing this, you know, as mm-hmm. much crazy stuff as he can in between fights. So... I think he fights until he, he body can't, or he just doesn't feel that anymore. But I don't see that happening in the next, you know, couple of years. He's thirty-six. He's got a couple in him. I love it. All right, man. Now let's break it down. This one's fun. I think the narrative of this one, everyone seems to be thinking similar. Um, if it's early, it's Connor. If it goes late, it's Donald. But I don't know if I buy into that. I think if Donald's ground game comes into it. It could be really fun, but then I, I, I think Connor's scoring games a little underestimated as well. He's trained for a long time with Dylan Dennis, and he's, he's a beast on the ground, and they all say good things about him. So I think it'll be a little more competitive both ways. I think Donald will be a little more competitive on the feet than a lot of people think, and then vice versa on the ground. But I see Connor getting it done, I think. I see him getting a knockout early, Donald being a slow starter. Connor being a great starter um, in his first round and two rounds are, are always great. I mean, you look at any fight that he's had, even the, the Diaz fight that he lost, he beat him up for two rounds and got tired. Uh, in the second round, or the second fight that they had, he beat him up for the first two rounds and got a little tired. Against Eddie, he didn't get touched for two rounds. It, his first two rounds are, are fantastic, um, and I don't think that's enough time. I don't think Donald will be able to survive those, that first bit. Now, if he does, it gets really fun. Um, if, if he does, his kicking game really comes into it. And and Donald is quick with his transitions from stand-up to the ground. I don't know if you've ever seen his fight versus Edson Barboza. Um, but it was a, I think it was a jab, knocked him down, and within a flash, he was on his back and had his neck So. I think any opportunity that does happen, Donald will definitely pounce. Um, I just hope that we get a chance to see that opportunity. Yeah, I love it. I love the way you described all of that. I think you're right. Um, there are a couple concerns that I have as for both guys. You know, for McGregor, so he's he has this tendency to come out different in every fight. And I don't know if he actually watches tape or if he brings in guys to mimic guys he's going to fight. But... For instance, against Jose Aldo, he knew Aldo was going to come out emotional. 
and fast paced and want to run over him. And we saw how fast paced McGregor went out. He didn't he didn't walk into that fight thinking it was going to go longer than a minute. And we saw how light on his feet he was, how how much head movement he was showing before he caught Aldo with that punch, right? Yeah. Now, compare that to the way he fought Eddie Alvarez. He pretty much just slowly walked towards Alvarez in a flat-footed stance and set the pace. And I remember seeing this interview with Eddie Alvarez talking about that moment where his game plan completely disintegrated as soon as McGregor set the pace for the fight. The original game plan for Alvarez was to be fast-paced, go out there, take McGregor down, and just ragdoll him. And as soon as the the bell rang and they walked towards each other, Connor's composure and Connor, you know, immediately setting the pace for the fight, like, no, this is going to be a slow fight. We're not doing this fast-paced thing. Completely, you know, it, it ended Alvarez's game plan in two seconds and Alvarez didn't know what to do. And then against yeah. Nate, it was like he kind of knew that they were about to go to war. And you just see him pressing forward and boxing. Now, I'm curious to see what McGregor shows up in that first opening 30 seconds against Cowboy. Is it going to be the light on the feet, trying to catch angles and end it quick, McGregor? Or is it going to be the slow-paced? Because... If we honestly, if we see the McGregor that came out against Alvarez against Cowboy, I think it actually works in Cowboy's favor because it gives Cowboy time to breathe and and warm up. Versus if he came out super fast paced, ready to explode. I, it, that's my what if factor is like, what McGregor are we gonna see come out? Because he yeah. sets the pace for the fight. Cowboy's not setting the pace. It's however McGregor shows up is what's going to set the pace for the rest of the fight. Yeah. I, I, I do agree with that. Um, I've never really thought about that or broken that down, but you're right. He does sort of come out, and I think I saw the same thing that Eddie was saying. He was like, circle left and wrestle, circle left and wrestle. But he he just was almost mesmerized by the way he came out slow and <clears throat> um, Bruce Lee like water. But uh, I think Donald... He had now 50 fights, 49, yeah, 50 fights. I think he's seen all of it anyway. I think he's seen the slow strike because I think he's seen the, the really aggressive, um, you know, in your face, uh, pushing, pushing the pace and, and being aggressive. I think he's seen it all and he could definitely adapt his style to, to any of those ways. I think it, it honestly comes down to how clean Connor is on that night because um, he lands he lands some clean shots early. Um, that left hand, I, I spoke to you a little bit about that. Darren Till uses it as well. Um, the jab is almost thrown as a little like a little hook at the end, and he pushes the head a little bit to his left and then just lines that left hand up. If he starts landing those early and he starts, you know, countering off. Cowboy, because if Cowboy gets hit, he he doesn't run away. He'll generally start swinging and, and try and brawl. If he can land a couple on Connor and get us oh, on Cowboy and get him, you know, um, pushing the pace and coming back, uh, he will he will just use that head as a speedball. I think uh, I think it's a bad night for Cowboy. Right, um, and you know you're kind of leading into 
you know, when we're talking about McGregor's hands. So there's really two guys, maybe three guys in the UFC that I can think of that can execute the the lead uppercut in a way to where they don't get countered. And I think those two of those three are Darren Till and Conor McGregor. That being said, Darren Till, we saw what he did to Cowboy. Same stance, same southpaw, same strong pressure in the fight. Obviously, the size difference isn't even close, really, between Till and McGregor. But I think that lead uppercut from southpaw is going to cause a problem for Cowboy in this fight because he did get caught with it. Now, granted, Till wasn't able to execute that lead uppercut against an elite striker like Woodley. He tried, and he got countered immediately. But I think that McGregor... Yeah. So explosive. Yeah. Right. And I just don't... I I see Cowboy getting caught with that lead uppercut. I think that's going to be a massive problem. Yeah, I think he's... Obviously, his left hand is his big weapon, but he does a lot um, to set that up. His whole game is setting that up, so... It's it's not as if you can <clears throat> just look out for the left hand. He he forces that left hand upon you. So uh, who was I watching? I think I watched the the breakdown from Dan Hardy, <clears throat> and he was talking about how Connor forces people away from his left hand, which is you know usually you want them circling towards your your predominant hand. So he circles them away, but he keeps them within distance by his kicks and his movement and cutting off the cage and. You just don't see that very often, but it's all to set up that left hand, and everything he does just revolves around that left hand. Um, I just, I just don't see him missing. Connor's chin, uh, sorry, Cowboy's chin's too high. Right. His kicking game's good, but his footwork's going to have to be unreal, and he and he's going to have to use his kicks to keep that distance because Connor covers ground very well as well with that karate stance. They move in so quick, in and out. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I just lean towards Connor, and I hope it goes longer. I really do. I really want to see uh, Cowboy do well, and I want to see a great fight, but uh, I just think McGregor getting that done quickly. I got to agree with you, man. I like your pick. I like your pick. Dude, I want to just thank you so much for breaking down this card with giving me your time. I know our time difference is, you know, I, I'm not sure. What time is it for you right now in Australia? Yeah, it's good. It's a good time. It's 10.30 now in the morning. Man, I appreciate you taking your morning to do this. It meant a lot. It was an honor to break this card down with you because you're so educated on the sport and you teach me so much every time we've talked so far. I have to end the podcast here. I think we did get through just about everything we needed to get through. I'm definitely going to keep in touch with you, man. I hope you have a really good week and I hope that you have the boys together and you guys eat some really good food for fight night and you guys deserve it man i want you guys to be safe out there in australia and again if you can tweet some links out um for people to donate and also where can people follow you on twitter what's your handle uh what is my i don't use it all that much i just i just follow people it's just jared Bax, jared underscore Bax, uh double r-o-d-b-a-x awesome um yeah i appreciate the call mate i um I appreciate it. The, the little friendship has struck up as well because I do like breaking cars down and, and talking to like-minded people. But I, I really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, it was my pleasure, man. So we can we can get it done again soon. Let's do a post two forty six one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah just that. to see how it goes. And I'm gonna be at that fight too, so I'll I'll send you some videos and pictures awesome. and stuff. I'll let you know how it goes, man. Ah, uh, yeah, awesome. Enjoy. We'll see. We'll do the do the post fight and see how how. Far off we were with all that things. Awesome, let's do it. 
All right, brother. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. Thanks, Brent. Cheers, man. Cheers. Peace. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. That was at J-A-R-R-O-D underscore B-A-X. Jared Bax. He's the homie from Australia. I met him at uh, UFC 245, was it? Usman versus Covington. As you can see, really educated dude. Um, it was a pleasure talking to him. He's going to tweet me some links to where you guys can donate to the Australia Fire. So keep an eye on my Twitter at MMA Gone Wild. Um, I am looking for contributors to send me articles and betting advice for my website and my newsletter. So you can email those to me at brent at MMAGoneWild.com. Um, again, this podcast is brought to you by ESPN Plus as well. If you guys haven't subscribed to ESPN Plus to watch those fights, you can find the link on my Twitter and my pinned tweet. And go to mybookie.ag if you're looking to test your MMA knowledge and make some money. And use the code GONEWILD for 50% free play bonus on your deposit. Peace.